You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Morning, church. It's good to see you. Good to be with you. My name's Adam. If you don't know me yet, I'm the pastor here at the church, and it's just it's amazing to be with you. If you're watching online, we are so glad that you're with us from a distance, but we hope that you feel close and connected. Uh, what, a, what a great morning so far, man. I'm just uh, so thankful for the time that we've had to sing together and to learn of all the things that are going on right now at, at the church. There's a lot. We're, we're telling you a, a small bit of what's happening. There is, there, you're going to be hearing about more things that are coming down the line. Um, and so just we, we want to encourage you, get, participate, get participating, get excited about connecting. This is where we believe life is found when we gather, when we connect um, and so we uh, are just grateful for all our small group leaders that are jumping in to, to serve. And uh, we, we just want you to find your place where you can connect and grow. That's our, that's our desire. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians today. If you have a Bible, you can turn in there in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. While you're turning there, uh, I want to let you know about another opportunity that you have. Um, our children's ministry is a wonderful amazing blessing here at, at New Covenant. We, week in and week out, between our, our kids from toddler all the way up to fifth grade, and then our middle and high school youth group that meets on Friday night, our kids from zero, you know, zero to fifth grade, they meet on Sunday mornings during service. They do such an amazing job, and we have probably 120 kids going between little children and youth coming through each week. And uh, we want you to be able to see and understand a little bit more of what goes on during our, our Cove Kids time, which is the kids' church that happens during service. So there's going to be informational uh, meeting, uh, not really a meeting. It's going to be like an, an envisioning time on Saturday. This coming Saturday, January 29th, 10 to 12, there's going to be activities for the kids. Um, there'll be refreshments. There'll be just opportunity for you to understand a little bit more about what goes on in our kids' ministry. And so I encourage you, this is for any parents that are, have kids in the ministry. This is for uh, anyone who's interested in maybe serving in the ministry. And, or if you just are interested to know what goes on, we, we want to make it worth your while to come out on a Saturday. So it's going to be a great time. Um, we want to serve our kids well. And so we want to give you the opportunities and the privilege to serve those kids so we don't stand up and be like, oh, we need kids in children's ministry because if we don't, we're going to shut it down. Like, okay, no. We want you to get excited about the privilege of serving in children's ministry. Um, it, it is amazing. Sherry Vera is our uh, Cuff Kids director, and she has been doing this and is doing this for a long time. Um, she's, she's wonderful. If you don't get a chance to, if you haven't had a chance to meet her, go meet her. She's, she's phenomenal, and she, she just loves your kids, man. And she wants uh, to build, continue to build that team so that we can have an amazing, amazing children's ministry. So uh, come out to that. We hope to see you and all the other small groups that are meeting. Get excited for that, guys, and let's, let's get out to do it. Uh, Nikki's going to be doing one for the women on Wednesday nights. I'm going to be doing one for men on Wednesday nights here at the church. Both of ours are going to be here at the church. So if you're interested in, in growing, um, we, we want to see you, and then the other small groups are meeting in different locations throughout the weeks. Um, get, get involved. Get involved. 
All right, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Uh, we like to stand typically when we read God's Word, just to show some respect and honor to the Word of God. So I would ask you to stand with me as I read this. This is uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... The Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we give this time to you again. It's yours. It's your word. Bring life to those words to us, to strengthen us, that we may experience your power. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can have a seat. Ah, man, there's so much here in this text. We can touch a fraction of it today. (laughs) But we're talking about power. Power. And this, this past week, we, we saw a demonstration of power almost unlike anything that we've seen in, in a long, long time here on Earth. There was a volcano that erupted near the islands of, of Tonga. It's an archipelago. It's got many islands. And one of the smaller islands near Tonga um, had an uninhabited island that had this volcano, and it erupted. Did you hear about that this week? It's unbelievable um, because it, it is, it's, it's not unusual for, for volcanoes to erupt, but this one was so strong and it took scientists by surprise, not that it was going to erupt, but what, what it did and just the magnitude of it. We have a, a couple of pictures here for you just to see. So this is taken from a distance, obviously. They, there was a smoke plume, an ash plume, that, that, a column that rose up almost 24 miles into the air. And the shock waves, you can go to the next one, the shock waves came <laughs> so hard and fast, it was reported to have gone around the earth as, much, as many as four times, the shock wave from, from this volcano, had the power of 500 World War II atomic bombs, equal to a 10 megaton explosion. And the, the effects from this blast were, were felt not like physically where people were like, whoa, what was that? But the, the pressure changes in the atmosphere and the weather was felt all the way in Minnesota. It even blew fog out from uh, Seattle, like six, seven, eight thousand miles away. And it sent an 820 mile an hour shockwave just out in all directions. Unbelievable. And there's a satellite footage of this. I mean, it's unreal. And this, what was so crazy about it is it happened not over days. Like, this happened within 
I mean, it started to erupt, but like the main thrust of it happened like over the course of an hour or two. Power. Massive, massive power. And what these events do to us, right? Like, we're not affected by that. We see it. We go, oh, wow, that was, that was bad. It impacted other people quite drastically. And when these events come, whether it's a volcano, an earthquake, a hurricane, it, it forces us to, to come face to face with real power, like significant power. And we are constantly confronted by power. In one way or another, like we, we understand power, but, but also kind of like we ask the question, well, what, how do we define it? What, what is power? Now, if we take it from a strictly uh, scientific point of view, th- this is power. Power equals work over the change in time, right? That's enough said, right? We're all engineers in here just got really happy, like it's about time, we got, we got some of this in our, <laughs> right? It's the amount of energy transferred or converted over a unit of time. And someone's probably going, well, that's actually not really it, right? <laughs> this is, but that, that's not it, right? Like we can go to this scientific idea about what power is, but we, that, it doesn't help us. What is power? Power is about strength. It's about authority. It's about, at times, dominance, right? It's, it's control. Volcano erupts. Who's in charge? <laughs> the volcano. Okay, what you did, okay, how far you wanted to run, I mean, whatever it was going to do, it was going to do. There was no stopping it. Hurricane comes, it's going to do what it's going to do. It has control. It has authority. It has dominance. We, we see this with people too, right? We, we talk about people that have power. Or they're on a, like a power trip, right? What does that mean? It means that this person, he or she, is having some measure of authority over others and oftentimes is abusing it. See, we are confronted with power all the time. Power is, is constantly impacting us, and, and we have to deal with that. And I, I think sometimes in the, on the other side of it, we feel very powerless. We don't feel like we have any power. There, there's a world going on around us, and we're like, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't handle it. I don't know how to, how to impact the things that are happening around, right? It's like watching that volcano erupt and going like, yep, Nothing I can do. See, we don't typically like when others exert power or when other things exert power because it, it makes us feel a certain way. We start to lose the things that, that power is all about. We start to lose control, authority, strength. And we feel like we're giving it to someone else or something else, and we don't like it. But, but here's, here's the reality for us. It's something we have to deal with. Power is constantly impacting our lives. And so how do we handle, how do we process power, the power that we experience in life day to day? And also, how do we process the powerless feeling, the powerlessness that we feel and that we live with? 
See, we're, we're, we're going through this series in Ephesians. We're going through the whole book, and we're, we're calling it One. We're calling it One. See, this is a, a book, a story, a letter written that, that is declaring that God is making all things one in, in Him. He unites us. He, his creation. He, he unites His creation to Himself. And then from there, we deal with the, the, the struggle of uniting with one another. And we realize all of it's hard. <laughs> all of it is a confrontation with power. And what are we going to do with that power? Are we going to, to embrace that power? Are we going to look at that power that God possesses, that God wields in and over our lives? Are we going to embrace that, understand it? Or are we going to resist it and try to run away and far back from who he is? Or give that power to something else or someone else? See, we're trying to wrestle with the question, what, what is that one thing that I'm more about than anything else? That's what this series is pushing us towards. And we're spending a lot of time up front because the, the book spends a lot of time up front in the first three, four chapters talking about who we are way before it tells us what we're going to do with the who we are. And so we have to understand who we are. We have to understand who God is before we start saying, well, what am I going to do as I, as I live this life in singleness, in marriage, as a student, as a churchgoer, a human? See, Paul pushes us to ask this question, what am I going to be about? What am I about? And he shows us over and over again in here that God needs to be that answer. And, and he shows us how God's uniting power, this power that he does to unite all things in himself, is actually a way where he releases power to us so that we can live this life not feeling powerless or hopeless, but so that we would live in confidence and live with power that will impact our emotions, our mental health, our physical health, will impact the world around us. See, we, 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 we struggle because we do. We feel so hopeless at times, so powerless. We see the things that are happening all around the world and, and across the oceans and then right in our own backyard. And we go like, ah, it just, it, we see the injustices. We see the, the issues and we just consistently go again and again and say like, I'm powerless. So what am I going to do? I'm just going gonna, gonna to shout and holler online. Because we know it's not going to fix anything, but we're like, oh, look at these gas lines. Look at these gas prices, which are terrible. Look at this policy. Look at this decision. Look at this person. Look at my kids. <laughs> look at my wife. Look at my husband. Look at my life. Right? We just, we look at our lives. We go like, man, I, I, I don't know if I have, I don't have what it takes to fix this. God is saying, look, I want you to experience my power. It's real. It's not like we're here today. We're singing about it. And I know like it's easy for our emotions to get wrapped up in those moments. The songs build, the sounds, the beautiful voices. I mean, let's face it. We are ridiculously blessed here with music. <laughs> Ryan, Lila, Julia, you guys just crushes today singing, the band. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful. 
It's meant to help us connect the dots to God and, and, and experience some level of, of his power. Like those songs aren't going to change the world, but the truth in them changes the world and it changes your life. And we want to help you. I want to help you connect those dots so that we will leave this place, not just feeling charged for today and being like, oh, I feel so good about myself. No, no, no. I want to be equipped so that when I walk out these doors, I can not succumb to the powerlessness that just wants to overtake. Because as soon as you turn on the news when you leave here, or maybe right now you're scrolling through your phone going like, oh, look at that. Look what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and Washington, D.C. and... And right away, it's there to snatch it away, tell you that you're powerless. You are not powerless. Because your definition of power is not, can I change Washington, D.C.? But what, if, what is God calling me to do in the world around me right now? And it's hard. It's, I, I, I struggle with it as much as I'm singing these songs today and just going like, uh, why don't I believe this sometimes? You know, like, Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> so what are we doing here? Paul, the Apostle Paul, powerful man of God, he writes this letter to the church that's stationed in this region of Ephesus. It's a church that he started and he pastored for over two years, and now he's writing to them from prison. That's a big deal. He's writing from prison to these people to encourage them, to teach them. And look, he had some wild experiences when he was in Ephesus, powerful experiences. In Acts 19, you can go back and read some of the things that happened to him while he was in Ephesus. See, Ephesus was a powerful city. It was one of the most powerful cities in the ancient world. It was a port city. It was we use the term cosmopolitan. It means it was very diverse. It had lots of gods. It had lots of, of, of flavor. It was a city that was devoted to the, to the Greek goddess Artemis. So much so that they built a temple. It, the first one got destroyed. They built a second temple honoring her. It was four times as big as the Parthenon, became one of the seven wonders of the world. It's gone now. The city was once considered to be the most important Greek city, one of the most important trading cities in all of the Mediterranean. And Paul goes there, and, and he's, he's taking on this gigantic Artemis. The people there that, you know, they like Artemis, they love Artemis, but we know it's no real God. And so they listen, they're, they're trying to understand what's going on. And Paul ha had power. He had power before he came to Christ. Like he experienced real power. He was a destroyer of the church. He was dragging Christians out of their homes and killing them. And then Jesus meets him and then he starts experiencing a whole new kind of power. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's starting churches in the region, he starts a church in Ephesus. He's preaching the gospel, and he was having so much success that, like, even his clothing, people were, like, grabbing, like, would have a, his handkerchief or his apron, and they'd go to someone who's sick, and just touching that apron or that handkerchief was healing people. It's not something to practice today. Okay, if I sneeze, don't take my tissue to someone sick. All right? And don't pay money to do it for anybody else, all right? Just Put that there. 
It's even the story of, of, of these Jewish exorcists, right? They're trying to like cast out demons in the, they're not really Jewish. They're just kind of like these mystics. And they're like, in the name of Paul and Jesus, like, come on out of these people. And they, they don't believe in God. And the demons say to him, it's like, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. I don't know you. And then they jump on him. Like powerful stuff happening in this crazy city. Paul experienced power. But the thing is, he doesn't talk about it here. He's not instructing the church, hey guys, listen, here's what I did in Ephesus. Just pray, you know, pray over this piece of cloth and go heal people. Go go highlight how great you are. Go walk in power. No, no, no. He He's writing to them, highlighting power that, that is not about him. It's one power that he highlights, and it's this. In all of creation, God is uniting all things. This is what he chooses to highlight. He's, he's speaking about this power that is unmatched in all the universe, bigger than this Tonga volcano, bigger than hurricanes, bigger than anything and it has an effect. This power that he's talking about has an effect because this work of making all things one in Christ, Paul highlights how that oneness is impacting the church. And here's how it's impacting the church. God is uniting all things unto him. And he says, this is what the result is. He says, it's love. He says, for this reason, this is what he highlights. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord, and your love towards all the saints. You're like, saints? What is he praying of? Mary, Pope, John, Paul? Like, what, is, what does he mean talking about saints? Saints is just a word, an old word used for you. If you have faith in Christ, you're a saint, according to the Bible. Others have definitions. They've created whole new categories. But th- this word just means, if you have faith in Christ, you are saint. And so he says, I've seen your love for God, and I've seen your love for one another. And it is making me excited, and it is making me happy. And I am now praying for you that it would grow more and more and more. And that's the prayer for us, that our love for God and for one another would grow more and more and more. That is God's power. Do you know that it is an expression of God's power when we love one another? Because it is so stinking hard. Because you are so difficult. I know, I am difficult. I I get it. Some of you have known me a long time. I'm difficult. Back up. It's okay. Because you're difficult too. See, that's the, that's the beauty of God uniting all things. It's like, you guys are a, like a mess. But I'm going to bring you together under the right cause, under the, the, the best cause, not under any, any colorful uh, emblem of red or blue or, or some other man-made institution that says, look, this is what you need to unite around. It says, you need to unite around me. And I've seen the love that you have for God and the love for one another. And therefore, I am praying for you that that love would grow. And that that power, that power comes in a very special way. And you see it in his prayers. Power comes. I'm just going to highlight Paul's prayer for for them and, and what ultimately he's praying for us and for us to know. 
Power comes. We experience God's power and we grow in God's power when we know God's heart, when we know God's hope, and we know God's hugeness. I know, sometimes I, you, you know me, I got to fit it in. Okay, but it's going to make sense. God's heart, God's hope, and God's, God's hugeness. And I need God's grace to be able to get through all this in the next few minutes. This is Paul's prayer. It's, it's unbelievable. He's modeling the very thing he's praying for in his prayer. Look at what he's been praying for them. He, he wants them to know God more and more, to experience God more and more, to be amazed by him. And you're like, yeah, Adam, that's what pastors do. They pray for their people. Yeah, I get it. He's in prison. What would you write? I'm going to tell you what I'd, look, I'm your, I'm your pastor. If I was in jail for some unjust cause, I'd write a letter. Name your covenant's me, Adam. Get me out of here. I want y'all that know those lawyers, get them out, bring them, arm up. I don't know. I'm just, just kidding. This is what we do. Like, we're ready to go to blows for, these, for, for, for certain injustices, but we are not, like, bringing that same energy with the other side of, like, what we are for and what we are living for and under that umbrella of God's power and God's unity. He's praying, I want you to not get me out of here. I want you to know God more. Because I see it. I see God doing things in you. You're loving each other more and more. And so I want you to increase in that. Don't worry about me. Yeah, it's unjust. Yeah, I've been mistreated. Yeah, I, I, I've, I, I'm, I'm going through this alone in many ways. But it's not about me. This is about the gospel going forward and you experiencing real power in your life. And he says, I want you to know. I want you to know God's heart. What he says in verse 17, that, that, that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what we want in the knowledge of him. When we know God, we grow in wisdom and revelation. Wisdom is, look, we need wisdom. You need wisdom. I need wisdom. Wisdom is just the right godly application of truth. And revelation is that truth, like understanding truth, getting truth, the right truth. God's power is unlocked when we know him. God's power is unlocked when we know him, like really know him, not just know about him. When the Bible talks about knowing God, it's not this cursory knowledge. Like we all think we know so much because knowledge is just readily available to us. And so we're all experts on everything. But what do we know? We need to know God, not just know about him. When God talks about knowledge in the Bible, it's, it's, it's intimate. It's the same word they use for when a husband and wife come together in intimacy. It, it, it's the word that God uses when he says, I know you. When he says, I know you, Mike, he's not saying, I know about you. I know a couple things about you. He's like, I know every hair on your head. I know every detail of your life. I know every cell in your body. That's how God knows us. And he says, I want you to come at me with the same passion and vigor that I 
I know you, and I want you to know me, really know me. Because when you do, when you know my heart and not the, the organ that pumps blood, God doesn't have one of those. He has a, a character. And he says, I want you to, to know my character. I want you to love my character. I want you to live out who I am in your life. If you know that, you will experience a whole new kind of power, wisdom, and revelation. Like, it's what we need. Like, we look around the world and we just, like, sometimes just going, is everybody lost their minds? We can't engage back with losing our minds. We, we need wisdom and revelation. We need knowledge of who God is, man. It will change your life. It will impact the way that you talk, the way that you think, the way that you interact with people who are different. It will, it, it will make you include different people in your life. Do you have people in your life that are different? Like, not just who look different, but who think different at times, who, who feel different things. Do you have conversations with them to understand what they feel or what they experience? Social media, the internet, all forms of digital communication are not evil, but they are built to bring everybody who's just like you back to you. So that when you yell, it's called an echo chamber, and you just hear it coming right back. And you're like, see, everybody thinks the way I do. No, no, no. It's designed to make you feel that way and to make you buy, you know, the electronics that they're selling. When we know God's heart and we see how big he is, all right, we're going to get to that. It changes us. It makes us, it makes us think differently and live differently. Where are you going to go to get more knowledge? Do you think that just more CNN, more Fox News, more Facebook, more Instagram, more TikTok, more neighbor, like, is going to be the one that's going to increase your knowledge that leads to really you knowing God more? I'm going to tell you where that comes from. It comes from God's word. It comes from right here. It comes from small groups. It comes from being in a room and in a community where there are, yes, we are, we are united under the banner of Christ, but in this room is difference, and it's beautiful, and it's glorious, and it's like, I don't vote like you, but man, I love you, and I don't fully understand, but we're going to have a conversation about that, and I'm going to understand why, you know, you're doing the things you are, and then I'm going to tell you why the things I do. It just brings new life. We don't have to agree on everything, but we have to learn how to disagree better. This is the power that gets released in us when we know God more and when we know his heart. Something has to happen inside of us for this to happen because we will not drift towards this. Look what he says. He says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. There is an enlightening that has to come where God takes, again, not the physical organ in us, but the, the, the deepest sense of our being and he opens up the eye, the mind, the heart to see 
differently, to see the world how God sees it, to think how he thinks. To know God's heart, we need our hearts to be awakened. And that's what we want to pray for. And this is what brings hope. See, hope is the second thing that Paul prays for, right? He says that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Paul says, I'm praying for you. I want you to know God more. I'm seeing your love for one another. I'm seeing your love for God. I want that to grow. And so the only way that's going to grow is for you to know more. And as you know him more, your hope is going to start increasing. And here's what happens. When that hope increases, things change because our whole lives are shifted We don't have hope. We don't have good hope. We're hoping in all the wrong things. We're hoping in all the the weaker things that this world has to offer. And it's killing us because it's all failing. Even the best things in your life will fail you if that's where your hope is. Your children will fail you if you put your hope in them, if you build your life around their success, failures, life, like all... It will fail. Your spouse will fail you. If you're single and you, you hold on to that singleness, like, or, or I'm looking for that, that spouse, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And Look, it's not a sin to be single. The same guy who writes this says, I, I almost prefer you to be single because it's less distracting. So, but if you are putting your hope in that singleness or your hope in the, the future of not being single, all the things, guys, everything, they're, they're good things, but when they become ultimate things, they become bad things. And they fail us and they hurt us and they destroy us. We need something to hope in that is bigger, that's better, that's, that's more full of life. That's what Paul prays. God's power gives us hope, and that comes when we know God's heart. why we drown ourselves and abuse drink and work and sex and family and relationships. We drown ourselves in Netflix. We drown ourselves in anything to just numb it, to dull it, to distract us because we're, we're hoping in the wrong things. Look what he says. He says that you would know the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance, his glorious inheritance in the saints. (laughs) Riches, right? That gets our attention, right? We want riches. It's different. It's different riches. And let me just make a point here. When he talks about inheritance, right, this is not us inheriting him, right? That's what we immediately, we read that. We're like, oh, I'm going to get this inheritance when I die and it's going to be great. No, 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 no. Look at what it says. It says the riches of his inheritance. It's him inheriting us. This is a big little flip here. Jesus loves us so much that he lived for us, he died for us, he rose for us so that he could inherit us as his prize. Like we are that loved. We are not that great, y'all. It says while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. He saw an enemy and he said, I'm going to make them a son. He saw an enemy and he said, I'm going to make them a daughter. And they're going to be be my inheritance that I will be with forever in eternity. That's hope. That's power. 
He wants to enjoy our company and love us with, with abundant blessings forever as his inheritance. You see how that changes us, that fuels us, that strengthens us, that gives us vision and purpose to live this life differently to walk around and show that our hope is not in the, the mess that we see around, but it's in something bigger and better, and it should affect the way that we live and the way that we walk. And I don't mean spiritual walk. I mean physically how you walk can determine what your hope is in. Because we can walk like this. A lot of us are walking like this. What's the hope? They're going to just do what they want anyway. I've been hurt once, they're just going to hurt me again. I've been broken once, they're just going to break me again. That's not our story. That's not your story. Our story is better. It is fuller. It is huge. God's hugeness is made big on display in this letter and especially in these first two, two um, sections of chapter one. Look, Paul finishes by making sure that we understand where the power comes from, that God is big. He is really big. See, there is no hope if God is not big and if he is not good and if his heart is not what he says it is. So like he is merciful, kind, just, perfect, holy Look at the words he uses, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of whose great might? His. Stop trying to work in your great might. We need help to not work in our great might because that's what we, that's what we want. This is a theme running through Ephesians. We are constantly wanting to assert our power, our authority. Our, we want to be the volcano that, that just sends shockwaves everywhere out from, from around us. God says there's only one, one who can take that place, and it's me. Paul knows this tendency of ours, and he constantly redirects us. There is one power, and it belongs to God. Immeasurable greatness, power, all the power words in the Greek. They're all power words. It's like he's saying the powerfully powerful power of God. He's just being redundant so that we understand that there is no measure, there is no scale that, that God can stand on or can be weighed on for us to fully understand how amazing and big he is. He is huge. Understanding that, when we know that hugeness, it changes us. Let me ask the worship team to come up as we finish. It changes us. Knowing his heart, knowing his hope, knowing his size, his weight, his glory, it releases power in us. Do you know him? Do you feel powerless? If you feel powerless, so much of it is often because we don't even have a relationship with who God is. We don't know him. We haven't believed in him. We haven't put our trust in him. The invitation is for you today. There is no time to wait Tomorrow is not promised. God is calling you. He's giving you his words of life and saying, would you come to me and find forgiveness, find life, find hope, find wholeness. All you have to do is believe in who Christ is, that he is the Lord of the universe, that he is able to forgive you of your sins. And it says that he is faithful to forgive us. Pray to him and say, God, would you save me today? 
now. And then, here's what we're going to do this week. We, we want to take what we, what we hear. We want power to be released in us, right? We, I want to experience God's power. That's what I'm saying for you, right? You're going to say that to yourself. I want to receive God's power. Now, if you want to receive God's power, like it says it, I can't go on more in this passage, right? But he talks about the same power that's at work inside of you is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Like that's the, the size of the power that God is, is wanting to release in you that already is releasing in you. But we don't want it to just be in our heads. We want it to be lived out experientially. So to really know his power, I want you to ask some questions this week. I want you to write this down, take pictures of it. I don't care what you do, but don't just think you'll remember it. Do something to help you see it. How will I grow to know God's heart more? That's the first question. How will I grow to know God's heart more? Maybe I need to join a small group so I can understand God's heart. Maybe I already know something about God's heart, but I, 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 I need to learn how to live with this difficult person in my life or these difficult people. If there is a, a they and a them in your mind, you need to go to God and seek out his heart and know his heart. How do I put that into practice of dealing with the annoying friend, the difficult person, maybe the enemy? I want my actions to match up with God's heart towards others. You think about this this week. Second question, how will I hope in God's power rather than hoping in a person or a specific outcome? <laughs> Unmet expectations are going to destroy your heart if your hope is in the wrong place. If you're just consistently disappointed with your friend, boss, spouse, kids, and it's deeply affecting you, then, then your hope is in the wrong place. Acknowledging God's power prevents disappointment, and it will not dictate your emotions. It will stop the tantrums. Maybe it's just like, how will I hope in God's power more this week? Maybe I'm just going to smile more. I'm just going to smile. I don't, even if I'm not happy, I'm going to smile. I'm going to show that my hope is in something bigger than what I show when I'm just walking around, you know, pouting all the time. Maybe I have to do some reflection this week to identify other sources of hope that need to go, that need to be brought to Jesus. Think about it this week. Finally, how will I show God's hugeness this week? This is a big one. This is awesome. Look, I'm not going to, I'm going to say to myself, I'm not going to let small things discourage me because I know that God is bigger. God in comparison is, is bigger than all the things. I'm going to speak God's greatness, his hugeness to others. I'm going to share what God is doing in my life. I am going to live as though that I am not controlled by the bigness I think Washington is or the bigness I think that other side is or those people are or that person or that church. Like I am going to live as though God is bigger and in control over all of humanity and I'm going to reflect it this week. And when I walk, I'm going to walk a little taller. 
I'm going to believe that God is working in my life, even through the pain and the trouble. Do you want that? Do you want to experience God's power? It's there for you and me. Let's stand together. God, take our words, take our hearts, use them for your glory. Change us. May we know you more, your hope, and the immeasurable greatness of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Church.